Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is Grisalves, your host, and my guest today is my friend and acupuncturist and massage therapist, Ryan Lee. Hello. Hello, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Today's going to be a day of really cool information that... So here's what, here's what happened. Let me just give a little introduction of how I met Ryan. I mean, of course, I've gone to acupuncturists before, blah, blah, blah. Some were great, some not so great. But when I went to see Ryan, I mean, I do a lot of, yeah, I do a lot of work, you know, with, uh, with energy, with um, psilocybin, plant medicine, Reiki, this whole training and kind of journey that I've been in for years and years and years mm-hmm. of yoga. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, it just exploded when I went to see you. On me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was always giving to people. But yeah, I've had, of course, I've had experiences like, oh, shit, what was that? Like, life is so magical, and we just don't even know half of it, I think. But, so I met Ryan at yoga teacher training at Reunify. It was a yin yoga training. You came in and taught us all about the meridians, which we can talk about today. Sure. And just different aspects of how if your shoulder hurts press your right toe and i was like how the hell does that happen you know but so i'll talk a little bit more about my experience um of you know being in your in your office and just that deep healing that is still kind of taking place right because i'm like going back going back um so if you want to just tell us a little bit about how you became this wizard acupuncture dude. <laughs> Sure. Uh, Cliff notes, I've been working with bodies since I was 19. I'll be 44 this year. Um, I went through like an HHP, holistic health training uh, at Mueller College, which is no longer a school, but I went there uh, to study body work, Uh, had a private practice as well as worked for a plastic surgeon for a long period of time, got to work with a lot of post-surgical stuff. And then I went to acupuncture school and uh, um, concurrently did like trainings in orthopedics and osteopathic manual therapy and Japanese meridian therapy, just really found my jam and my passion. And then um, started to teach at the school, so got the teaching under my belt. But I think what really kind of sealed the deal for me was um, uh, I had just moved back from Northern California. I I, uh, was going to get married and that fell through. So I I moved back to San Diego and I just finished an event working like a CrossFit event and I got mugged at gunpoint. And um, my world just kind of flipped and I asked myself, like, what am I doing? You know, like I'm happy, but there's so many things like it was like a, hey, Ryan, wake up thing. And so um, around that time, I just decided to go a lot deeper into the emotional space and the energetic space and really look at myself and look at my wounds, my wounds around my dad, Um, like up until that point, in all honesty, the majority of my friends were women. I didn't really have deep connection to guys. Um, I didn't have deep connection to my father. And I did a deep dive on that stuff. And it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was very difficult too. But that ended up, um, and I'm still on the journey of just doing like men's work and working more with men and healing wounds around my dad and uh, being it just got me really solidified into this like safe masculine space. So, yeah. so, so I bring that piece you along. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Along with coaching while I'm working uh, and bring the meridian therapy, bring the structural work. Uh, so just like a multifaceted approach to taking care of people and working with shock and trauma. Yeah. So, if I could, uh, can you explain that the shock and trauma? Sure. Yeah, because I still have to get that book. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Which I just reviewed because we were going to chat. Okay. Um, so, and this is just m- my perspective. Uh, when I'm working with people, the gist of what I try to do is first of all get them lined up 
uh, get their pelvises lined up, get them breathing more effectively. So once so like line up your whole skeleton. Line, line up the musculoskeletal system to create space for change. Okay. And then, you know, you've had um, my, my, the assessment that I do is primarily through palpation of the chest, abdomen, neck. Mm-hmm. And from there, I question and my questions lead to usually emotional things like, hey, tell me about anger. Right. Tell me about frustration. <laughs> tell me about sadness, grief. And these are all present in the points that I'm pushing on on the body. Mm. And from that questioning, things come up. So that's one piece. And then, or that's two pieces actually, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third piece is checking the breath. So for me, I've done a lot of postgraduate education in respiration and looking at the diaphragms. Um, primarily focusing on three of them, which would be the thoracic or respiratory diaphragm, the pelvic diaphragm, and then also the kind of like the, the cervicothoracic diaphragm. So I focus on those. That's on your neck kind of Yes, area? yeah, okay. like where your neck meets your sternum. Mm-hmm. There are other diaphragms in the body, but those are the three that I focus on. So what I find is a lot of times through questioning and through clearing out uh, faulty respiratory patterns, a lot of trauma can come up, but also a lot of stuck energy. Mm. And through getting that stuck energy moving, the body tends to have an amazing capacity to metabolize it. Mm. So you know how we get stuck in our head a lot, right? Yeah. Well, one of the, the coaches that I work with named Johnny Blackburn, his big thing is metabolizing the stuff in your head through your body. Yeah. And so for the last, I don't know, five or six years through multiple men's work groups and my own self-care through one-on-one trainings, I've just really gotten to focus on creating space in a person's body and uh, helping them metabolize old patterns through yeah. breath I mean, and questioning. And questioning because... So now I can tell, like my experience of what you just explained, I, okay, I saw you at the Unify Yoga teacher mm-hmm. training, and you're giving your talk, and first of all, I'm like, this is so interesting, you're so calm, and you know, and the way you, the way you explained it was just so easy to understand, well, kind of, I mean, it was a lot of, over my head, but it was like, I'm like, I want to learn more, I want to learn more, and I remember I had a really... Um, my left shoulder was just in pain, left shoulder, mm. left neck. Mm. And I got up there and you're like, where does it hurt? I'm like, I can't even do a chaturanga. And you're like asking the class, what do you guys think it is? You know, cause we're learning the meridians. You grab my left, um, what is called the thumb mm-hmm. and you start pressing it and it totally hurts. Mm. It doesn't hurt anymore right now. Mm-hmm. But back then I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. But then my shoulder stopped hurting yeah. and you know, okay and then you said well go ahead and do a chaturanga and then it didn't hurt anymore and one of the teachers that was there i think it was lunita she's like would that be grief <laughs> i'm like well should it be <laughs> grief of course it's fucking grief i've had yeah. grief since i was born so i'm like i made an appointment with you i showed up and mm. you know i consider myself a person that does a lot of work i'm constantly on this journey of you know just expansion and trauma work and yoga and meditation and eating well, the whole thing. But of course, you know, the right helpers always show up at the right time. And I came to your, to your office and I was, um, and it was exactly what you did. You put like these, these little hip things underneath mm-hmm. the hip so that you aligned mm-hmm. and then like back in the chest. Okay. Now you're going to rest. And, um, I remember you, once I was like straight, you kept telling me, I don't need your help, just rest, because I'm in a people pleaser. Wait, I should help you. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to work too hard. I don't need your help. So then, okay, why am I helping? Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And honestly, I do think that energetically and spiritually and whateverly, the work that you just mentioned that you've done about healing the masculine, I really, I, I sense that. I noticed that. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, okay, this dude is safe. Yeah. You know? And I have pretty good antennas on that. I grew up in Tijuana, a street girl, you know, saying. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to trust. 
and I remember you went into, uh, you started asking me questions. I don't know even, I don't remember what it was, but it was for sure about my dad, you know, my relationship with like men. And um, you put a needle in like my bottom right hip. Uh Didn't even leave it in there. Uh And it just felt like, (gasps) I just started bawling, bawling. And I, you know, and, and I felt the space that you held was safe enough for me to just, you were like, it's all right. I got you. Yeah. I got you. And I just, I mean, I just let it out. Yeah. I just let it go. Yeah. And I was, you know, there, among the other work that I've done there, I've had like these experiences of specifically what you just said. Like, I'm so aligned mm. that I get in there and then you'll put the needles in. And a lot of times we're chatting and you're, you know, for sure coaching and asking mm. questions that are very insightful. And, mm. But sometimes when you leave, mm. like I've had an experience of like almost like come on ayahuasca. <laughs> Rescuing my little girl yeah. and seeing these possibilities yeah. and you know, and so it's um, It's very beautiful the work that you offer. Thank you, you know, and Probably one of the reasons is because you have done the work. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I'm uh, and I'm always trying to do the work and Another thing for me like I think one of the best opportunities I've ever been given I mean I have a four-year-old daughter okay. and so I have to provide safe space for her and patience every day and it is the best gift to 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 practice that with a little girl all day (laughs) and then bring that to work Mm -hmm. which when i say work i don't think of it as work it's like my purpose my dharma whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. i love it like but yeah just to provide that place for people in general because the same thing has happened for men to just feel like hey bro i got you yeah. Hey, lady, I got you. I'm here for you. Yeah. No, my pretty... son went to see you. And he sent me a text after. He's like, this guy is a genius. Like, it doesn't hurt because, he, he, you know, he's a pitcher and he's constantly throwing. And we're going from sports massage therapist to more and physical, whatever. But, um, yeah, I think he's on for half an hour. And, you, yeah. you know, he's like, what is going on here? So. <laughs> and his thing was, you know, if I can share his hit. His shoulder on his uh, pitching arm didn't feel so good, but it was coming from his hips. Mm. And I lined up his hips and got him breathing. And that was, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about, I mean, some people might be listening and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Trauma in the body and mm-hmm. the head-mind connection. And, mm-hmm. But it really is all, and I'm so. I'm probably the people listening know everything I talk about is liberation through the body. You can't be up in the head, but maybe just tell us a little bit more about that shock and trauma. Like, how do you know where the trauma is, or how can we, or how can someone prepare before they go see you? That is a great question, and my experience has been because I primarily. Like if you look at my my website, my my jam is like sports medicine mm-hmm. and orthopedics. Mm-hmm. So people come to me, and they're planning for that. They're planning oh. to be the the pain, mm-hmm. have the pain treated. From my personal experience, when people are planning for the deeper stuff, sometimes there's also some resistance to it too, oh, unless okay. they've already experienced it. So what tends to happen is people come in for shoulder pain or neck pain or something. And then I'm working on their neck and shoulder, checking their reflexes in their abdomen. And I ask, you know, classic, tell me about anger. And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And they're like, oh, wait, actually, I've been really fucking pissed off at my brother or at my mother. Oh, tell me more about that. Well, when I was 15 years old, da, 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 mm-hmm. and I'm da, da, and I'm in therapy now, and da, 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 but it just, I can't resolve it. And then I'm like looking at their respiration and- As they're telling you this. Right, at their right, right, right. And I'm just listening and listening, and then I put a few needles in, and then I repalpate the abdomen. And we have to remember that the, the body is like a bioelectrical unit, okay? And yes, I, I work with channels and all that, but fascia, the saran wrap, of our bones, around our bones, muscles, organs, everything is extremely electrically conductive. Mm. And the channels are in that fascia. So that's why I can put a needle in your foot after I've palpated your 
your, your ribs, let's say, and the reflex for liver, which is associated with anger, is active, and I can push on that point, I can, sorry, I can push on that reflex, I can needle that point, and the reflex changes like that. Okay. Which then I'm also talking more about the ang like tell me more about it, and it's it starts to shift. It just starts to shift because the body is a bioelectrical unit. And one of the things, and I remember this at a very deep level, one of my teachers, I was in a training in, in San Francisco with uh, Ikeda Sensei, and he was talking about acupuncture is one of the best ways to penetrate the subconscious. I love that. Because you are, you're literally penetrating tissue you're working through what i like to think about like body armoring right like the 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 protection the the protection shoulders forward hips back rotation in a certain way to protect certain organs either from uh, a traumatic experience or an emotional trauma etc but that's why also it's so important to line the body up first i think line Mm -hmm. the body up first Mm -hmm. to create space then change the tissue that's been tight because you're in this optimal position Mm -hmm. with shoulders neck hips whatever and then you change the quality of the tissue as you're questioning and the thought processes are are coming up and then shit happens like like change right right and a lot of the friends i've sent over they're like what i went to for band i ended up crying i'm like "Mm -hmm." yeah Yeah. because it's all connected and yeah so a lot of people come to me for chronic and acute pain management or sports optimization but underneath that is belief patterns that need to change Mm -hmm. and then through thank god for some of the men's work that i've done like man on fire program etc but like one of the first things that I, i learned in that is to um my my teacher would say the reason why people in in the united states suffer so much is because they're so shitty at suffering mm-hmm. like we hold it back we we yeah. we guard it we push it away we drink we do drugs we do things like that to push it away and so one of the f- and i've i've done this with you yeah. I, I remember it's um the the there's actually like an exercise for suffering and it's sometimes you know i have my clients say this usually sometimes i feel unlovable Sometimes I feel like I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like this will never end. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel all alone. And just saying that with the sometimes part. Yeah. But usually it is a I feel. And then once you say sometimes, you give it space. Because by saying sometimes, you're also saying, well, sometimes I don't feel that way. And then we go into parts. Parts of me feel that way, but parts of me don't. So creating that space to kind of look at it shine a light on it like yeah. oh it's not always like this yeah. yeah sorry that was kind of kind of a tangent but no it's not it's i'm yeah. like i'm sitting here going like wow because sometimes mm-hmm. it's easier to work with than all the time right so if i give myself permission to uh you know because sometimes yeah because sometimes you're laughing at a joke or uh-huh. you know your friends came over and mm-hmm. you had a fun time at dinner mm-hmm. but then you go to bed and then you feel alone but it wasn't all the time right so that's, um, I think that's a good way to make space for that, like you said, for that suffering yeah. or for that pain, really, because yeah. it's, oh yeah, the denial of suffering is, in my opinion, the biggest issue in the whole humanity of trying to avoid the reality of this is fucking intense to be alive. And that's where the pain comes from. I think it was the, the secret like a long time ago, but but one of the one of the speakers on that was talking about the 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 shit sunday basically like the shit sunday the shit sunday so it's like <laughs> the church sunday or what no no no, no like you're putting like sprinkles and whipped cream oh, on a piece of shit cuz like oh sunday. everything's great right thank oh, you okay, like yeah, everything's yeah. great and i'm just so perfect and and i don't have any i'm i'm good i'm good and it's like no you just you have to look at that stuff too don't yeah. wallow in it but feel it metabolize it know it's not all the time and it's not always going to be like this yeah and that just getting them to practice that while they're on the table mm-hmm. while you're clearing out the energy while you're getting them to breathe better because one of my other teachers likes to say you cannot hold positions that you cannot breathe into 
So, and I believe that's, that's thought patterns too. So if you can breathe into the thought pattern of, I'm okay, mm-hmm. you're probably going to be more okay. But then you also have to own the pieces that are like, I don't feel okay sometimes. Yeah. And breathe into that. And breathe into that. And, and be like, oh, wait, but even though I'm not feeling okay or I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling not good enough, I'm still okay. Because it's almost like we're, we're dying. Yeah. Like it's like the scared of that. There's like a piece of like around death, I think. I, but I'm not sure. Oh, I mean, I do a lot of death work. Right. That's definitely right. a piece. Right. I mean, every day, uh, every day we're dying. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've come to the somewhat, I mean, I don't want to, I've come to the conclusion that we're more afraid of living than of dying. Yeah. And we blame it all on it's going to end and it's going to yeah. end. But in reality, like if that's your... If that's where all your energy goes, right? Where attention goes, energy flows. So if all I'm thinking about is, oh my God, when I die, what's going to happen? Is it going to hurt? Where am I going to go? It's going to be scary. How am I going to release the body? You know, and that's even if you're consciously dying. When reality, it's like, well, right now I'm sitting here. I'm breathing, talking to Ryan, recording a podcast, present in my body. The light is shining. Drinking tea. Drinking chamomile tea. It's life is good. Dude. Life is good, and life is what it is. It is what it is. Right here, right now. Even when it's not good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So the death thing is. I mean, that's a whole other topic. But it's you know, I I think, like what I've experienced going to acupuncture with with you. Here's what I want to say. I mean, I, I had results in acupuncture with like these um, ladies way back in the day when I first started. They just told me, they didn't even touch me, and they're like, you have a digestion problem, blah, blah, blah. And they gave me digestion pills. That's it. And then I went to, you know, my friend Doug, and that was cool. I felt kind of dizzy and great and a little, but it, and then this other guy that I used to take my mom to was, he was cool. But I think the fact that you have this, um, just this work with shock and trauma because everything the issues are in the tissues everything is in the body and we're so separate like we're up in the head trying to figure out up in the head trying to figure out and so it doesn't it just doesn't work yeah. I mean I could tell you my own experience it doesn't work and you try to solve a problem up in your head but your body's stiff and it's rotated. I remember I came to see you and you're like, yeah, you're a little rotated. And here I am thinking, oh, you know, I'm in yoga all day. It's mm-hmm. not going to be a big deal. <laughs> of course, you know, getting all injured and stuff. So I've um, I've just kind of figured, I've, I've learned to like, just in the short, like, what do we have? I have like maybe eight sessions a year. Something know, like that. Something like that. Maybe less than that. Yeah. And, Six to eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... We've, you know, we've made this agreement. I go to a ceremony, I have a retreat, next day I'm with you. Mm. You know, clearing, aligning, doing this, um, like organizing. I was thinking about that too, because like the work that, that you're doing with yourself during those ceremonies, you're working on like neuroplasticity too, mm-hmm. right? And And I was thinking about like, because some of my favorite work is that post in, uh, integration stuff. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I was like, why, why does it work so well? And it's, I'm mm-hmm. guessing because, like, you know, some of that body armoring has been dissipated. Right. There's more, the brain is more open to change and you're more receptive in, in general because I've been doing the post integration work with people for years now. Okay. But I do consider that like my favorite work. Post integration. And I was like, what? Plant medicine sure, or psychedelics. Sure. Psychedelics or, or mm-hmm. clients that are do like uh, uh, psychiatrist assisted ketamine yeah. and then they come to me afterwards. And oh, okay. just that stuff seems to be so powerful. And it's like I'm, I'm doing the same type of treatment. It's just the bodies are more receptive. Right. The, the chemistry is different. The neurochemistry is different. But I really think it's about the, the brain plasticity. Mm-hmm. And, and also, 
These are people that want to do deep change. Right. But they're also open to it. So I work with plenty of people that they say they want deep change, but then they come in and they're like, no, well, me, no, never mind. No. Yeah. Can, can you just work on my foot? Yeah. I'm like, well, what about the trauma from your childhood? Or what about this? What about that? And and then I also ha- have learned over time not to push. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I try to keep my ego out of it. Like I want big changes for people. I want them to feel the results and all that. But I'm like, hey, safety, because part of safety, I think, is sometimes like nudging. But it's not like we're fucking going here today. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to cry. Yeah, please. you're going to cry. And, and it's going to be fucking great. Because in the past, I've done that. And people are just like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm like, um, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I think that's because of the resistance. Like I've noticed, I, mm-hmm. I would notice sometimes when I would go to ayahuasca or... Mm-hmm. Or mushroom, magic mushrooms, Nino Santo ceremonies, mm-hmm. and I would be exhausted. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even get up and dance. And I was like, why did I? And it was kind of, I would fight it so much. The entire journey, I was just like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. oh, my God, just mm-hmm. resisting and tightening mm-hmm. the muscles and mm-hmm. until I just figured out, just trust, surrender, allow. Those are my main, main words. Trust, surrender, allow. And when you're not fighting it, when you're actually like, well, let's go. Yeah. I mean... It might be a little scary, but nothing, I guess, you know, after a few times you figure nothing's really going to happen. Yeah. And if it does, so it is. Yeah. But then when I'm not resisting, when there's not that resistance, ah, just, I'm not tired. I have energy. I can get up and dance. I can get up and sing. You know, it's just different. Yeah. This. What did you call the body again? A bio? Oh, uh, so we have like this internal like electrical field i forget what it it generates but we're like this bioelectrical unit Bio you know electrical unit. that is phenomenal and 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 so i think about that and then i think about and and this is from one of the first books i got in massage therapy school and it was by an osteopath named leon shaitel he's an amazing he writes all these books about manual therapy and he had all these cliff or um, bullet points about fascia, and and one of the things he says is f- fascia is highly uh, electrically conductive, mm-hmm. and so you know I'm putting these small metal needles in the body. My electrical field is working with your field, right? Through that needle, but also we're we're changing through questioning through thought process, through structural balancing, through breathing, we're changing that fascial resistance. And right? do the needles go into the fascia? Is that where they Yes. Go? That's yeah. why they barely go in. So for me, I use very thin needles, but I've also used like three-inch needles like okay. because sometimes I'm working with specific muscles and motor points, and then other times I'm working with meridians. Sometimes I'm – I mean, there's so many layers. Different layers. Right. Okay. Um, but at the end of the day – one of my teachers would always say, you know, acupuncture needs to be simple. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and actually what really helped me simplify my practice was COVID. Like I needed to create something super simple mm-hmm. for me that worked well that I could do with a lot of people over and over and over and over again. Right. And then what are my thought processes around it? And one of them is the body is a biological unit. And how do these changes, how can I push on someone's reflex for liver, needle liver three in the foot, and then the reflex changes so quickly. My best, and you could say, well, energy shift and this, that, the other, but I like to think about the Western stuff too. And I think bioelectrical unit. Electricity moves really quick. Yeah. And then, but so do thought processes, right? When you can shift it, of course, then we have to, then it tends to come back sometimes less so that's where the massaging thought processes comes in like you know first time I I work with someone we're using the anger analogy and then the next time that I see them I press on that same spot and I'm like oh it's less tender and they remember it too Mm -hmm. and then I also think there's um, I believe there's kind of like a buy-in like my my big thing is building rapport with your client as soon as possible in general with people right through safety and through them them letting them know that i 
at some level know what the F I'm talking about. <laughs> so by pressing on a point and then needling their foot and their point in their, that I first pressed on feels better, oh, they're like, wow, this guy knows something. Yeah. And like, it's immediate, like, it, oh, it's that immediate. hurts. Put a needle, come back. Right. How the fuck? Well, right. It doesn't hurt right. anymore. Right. <laughs> and if it's not the right point, then I still have other, you know, secondary and, uh, so I have like primary, secondary, and tertiary points that I use. And then if that doesn't work, then I have other things to use. Mm-hmm. But what's nice is the, the system is very test retest. Like, right. try it. If it doesn't work, cool. I don't hold on to it. Good. I know that wasn't it. And I move on. Mm-hmm. And so the system that I practice is very organic. And, and how I visualize it is, you know, I'm with little needles and questioning, etc. I'm just like shooting, like, let's think about like l- little arrows to the target. And I'm trying to get the bullseye. Mm-hmm. And I miss. Okay, I don't hold on to it. Do it again. Do it and again. then, oh, bullseye. Got it. Yeah. Done. Oh, yeah. person's breathing better. Oh, okay, good. They're releasing. Maybe I've had people where they just started laughing uncontrollably. They're like, <laughs> what is this? I'm like, don't worry about what it is. Just, just be in it. Yeah. Or the crying. Why am I crying? Don't worry. They get in their head, right? Yeah. Like, why? Why is this happening? Yeah. One of my teachers talks about why questions, and I kind of believe this sometimes, why questions point themselves to like blame, shame, and guilt. Why'd you do that? Why'd that happen? Mm. Or just like, oh, it happened. Okay, now what? Why questions go into blame? That's a good one. Yeah, think about that. Shame and guilt, yeah. I, I don't know if that's always, No, but it's but a good way to... It's a good way to, like, just think about it. To think you know, about it. why'd you do that? Why, why, why? I'm like, how about you just feel it? Yeah. You know? And don't question. Don't trust. question. Because the questioning gets into brain. Yeah. Gets up here. Another thing that one of my the best men's mentors that I've had he he like when he's training men and he's trained like oh my goodness over like ten thousand men and the gist is like headspace heart space and ball space yeah <laughs> and then for me and something that I teach at the school that I supervise at I teach about the three centers and so there's th- so. They're energy spaces. So, so you could go from top of the head to sternum-ish. Uh, middle space would be, well, sorry, top of the head to like heart space. Um, middle space is xiphoid to belly button. And then lower space is belly button to heels. Mm-hmm. And um, what I think about is structure in that area. So neck position, shoulder position for upper center jowl, head space. Mm-hmm. Uh, Middle space, middle jowl, heart space would be the, the, um, uh, sorry, xiphoid to belly button. Belly button. Thank you. And then ball space, lower jowl would be belly button to heels. Yeah. So So balancing, right, balancing those three spaces. And then a lot of magic happens. Like, you know, just great stuff. Now, am I perfect at this stuff? No, but I've been practicing for 20, yeah. almost 25 years. Yeah. And I plan to practice to the day that I die, which yeah. I don't plan on dying for a very long time. Yeah. But just, I, I, I won't. Come see you. <laughs> I'm you fine, I'm fine. And then, uh, but just, again, structurally balancing those areas yeah. to optimize blood flow, uh, nerve conduction, and lymphatic flow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, treating the points, right. opening up the tissues that are contracted, showing the person that they're safe, showing the body that it's safe to be in this new position too, yeah. which is huge. Yeah, because yeah, the body's so used to like hunching over, yep. contracting, protecting the heart, yeah. on the phone, on the computer, yeah. driving, ah, angst out, you know, so. Yeah, and, and all it, of this in headspace, right? Everything you said head. is headspace. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about many people that are hunched over their phone texting, like in their heart Breathing. or right, <laughs> right. And then the other thing that I think is important to, to, to look at is these postures that we're in all the time, which I would consider them like an overuse posture, mm. like in, like almost a, um, what do you call it? Uh, mm. Repetitive strain injury. Repetitive I, strain injury. I, I associate mm. with everyday posture. Mm-hmm. And these postures, if you look at them, they're 
so connected to a fight or flight state. Right, Shoulders like hunched over, hunched over um, head, uh, um, uh, yeah, head down. shoulder forward, pelvis tilted back. That's like classic fight or flight state. So that's the other piece, getting the person out of fight or flight and into rest and digest. Yeah. And and again, I do that through through the pelvic blocking. I do that through the breathing. Those are the two big ones. And then the energetic pieces, the acupuncture, questioning, right. massage, yeah. etc. It's such a trip how we don't really realize how the body, mm-hmm. you know, people like they'll come to me and be like, I have these panic attacks, I have anxiety. Okay, what are you doing to move? What? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Do you go to acupuncture? No. Do you go to yoga? No. What do you do? Clorazepam and three different antidepressants and move. Okay, well, those pills are perhaps helpful, mm-hmm. maybe for a little bit. Yeah. Right? But to remember that we have these. I mean, even just now, I'll be watching myself when I'm on the phone the next time, you know? Like, I'm in fight or flight. like Because it mm. takes such a toll energetically. It gets you tired. Mm. Um, we don't... I think, I mean, even doing this work, I forget and I take it for granted. right? Mm. But it's like to be... Okay, so another question I'm going to ask mm. is... Um, so how did this, how did, how did this start? Like, how did this, because I know acupuncture, when people might be like, you know, that's from the East. How did it come here? Like, who started it? What? Is that true? Is that? Um, I think it's true. I, when people ask that, I just, I think about the acupuncture that I practice and that I know about is based in shamanic medicine. Ooh. No one. Right, right. And then I also think about one of the stories that I like. So the the filiform these really thin needles that that most acupuncturists use now they started out with like bn stones b-i-a-n so there were these stones and from what i understand acupuncture started out with bleeding points so you had these big point these big needles or stones or bones or or bamboo sharpened bamboo mm-hmm. and points were bled Mm-hmm. So it was big chi, big responses. And as the medicine got more refined, you had thinner and thinner and thinner needles. So you could do more points. I also like the story of um, um, like, oh, well, how did they figure out the points? And one of the stories I heard is, you know, a tribe thousands of years ago sitting by the fire and an ash goes on one of the person's legs. Okay. And what ends up, they're like, oh, that's weird. My back feels better or my digestion feels better <laughs> because that point okay. got stimulated. And I forget the the name of the the mummified guy that they found, but they found this guy in Europe somewhere. I think I'm, I'm probably butchering this, but mm-hmm. he was mummified, frozen. And they found that he had like medicinal mushrooms on him. Mm-hmm. They And they found that he had tattoos on him. And these tattoos were on acupuncture points, like classic acupuncture points, like stomach 36 or liver 3 or uh, large intestine 10. These points that are used by just about every acupuncturist that I know. And they were tattooed on this guy's body. And this guy is thousands of years old. Yeah, so they knew. They knew. They've been knowing. They've been knowing. Mm -hmm. And... And there's actually another, uh, um, there's a form of treatment in uh, Chinese medicine where they use moxibustion. And moxibustion is a point that you burn on the skin. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I do that when I have time with my clients. And when you take off the moxa, there's a red spot where you had that moxa. So it's stimulating the point with heat. With heat. Like the fire. The fire, cauterization, burning. It's still stimulating the point. It's just not as much fun as a really thin needle. Yeah. Does it hurt more? Um, I have done moxibustion styles where you're letting the moxa burn to the skin, and that is, it feels like a little nip. Okay. But barely. Yeah, barely. Yeah. Barely. I think I learned about that in yoga teacher training and order these moxa things, and then I'm, they're just there. I'll show you if yeah. you really. Yeah, and they. They work too. I just yeah. don't. The way I run my practice, I I just 
I don't like to leave hot things on people mm -hmm. while I'm going to other rooms because right. I, I tend to sometimes I'm working in multiple rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one of the other things that um, that I want to say here that happened in one of the sessions with you mm. uh, because every time I go, you're like. Your body has less trauma now. Yeah. Your body has less trauma now. And I honestly do. I feel like more, um, more firmes, is how you'd say it in Spanish. Like you could, I could stand on my two feet. I mm. feel like I have better um, like energetic rebound mm -hmm. from when I'm seeing clients or when I'm doing ceremony. People ask me, oh, how do you do it with all those people? I'm like, well, I mean, what's yours is yours. What's mine is mine. But I feel even more in that... Um, I guess in that space, mm. the more I've come to see you, and plus also, you know, come to see you like right after the ceremony. But so I'm in this, I'm in this mm -hmm. place, mm -hmm. and I'm working, I'm working through a lot of trauma recently, you know, you know with this Gabormate training, compassionate inquiry, and it's just all about. Really, all of our problems are coming from childhood. So if you have little kids, everyone, please do the work and hold mm. those babies and don't mm. put them away in their own room. Sleep, let them sleep with you in the bed. It's just that's just messed up to put him in another <laughs> I mean if you can but anyway I'm, I'm sitting there with all these needles and it was like I had this out of body experience and this is of course sober right just energy nothing no psychedelic and I see this girl this lady like to my left mm. my eyes are closed so I'm just like I'm sensing that she's there and she's just all hunched up and just like oh, mm. you know fight or flight hands up in front of her I can't I can't and I'm thinking I need to help her and I'm like, how do I help her? Like, I can't. She's just, if I go touch her, she's going to lose her shit. Like, I, I can't help her. So I'm sitting there just breathing, and I notice, and I'm like, but I have to. Mm. And it was just this moment of, like, I saw this. And, of course, it's me, right? But I didn't realize it then. And I just, I kind of went over there and grabbed her hand, and I just said, come in here. Mm. And I put her inside of my heart. Mm. And it just melted it all of my body, and I'm laying there with all these needles going, what the fuck is happening? Like, not even, it wasn't even a conscious thing. I mean, now that I'm talking about it, it's like, but afterwards, I couldn't even tell you. It just was so profound. Because I think once you do open up and work with someone like you and have this, this willingness, right, and this trust to get rid of all these lies that people have told you all the time about how that's heebie-jeebie and that's woo-woo and that doesn't work. No, no, no. I'll tell you what a lie is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sunday church and fucking men's are the opposite. That's a fuck. But, you know, but opening up to this body work and um, these possibilities, I mean, it was like life-changing. Mm -hmm. It was just very understanding. And, you know, and it's of course, I've been practicing little girl healing on and on and on. But yes, from the mind into this energetic, what do you call it? Bioelectrical unit. Mm -hmm. Which I love that word because it's so, I always I always talk about it like we're in this computer. Mm -hmm. right? And I don't know why we think we're not like animals or we think we're like robots, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. But we're this like bioelectrical, this computer that is just so much capacity and movement and and it gets constricted and it hunches its shoulders and it gets the emotion stuck so yeah i think coming to see ryan everybody needs to go see ryan <laughs> cool i'm down with that and then something i wanted to share about that that rebound because that's something that i talk about with my clients and and it can be about uh, uh, uh sports performance or what have you when you I consider the body to be this amazing shock absorber. And when the body is in an optimal state with position and breathing, etc., it can deal with shock and trauma more effectively mm. and it goes through the body. What tends to happen is if we're in a suboptimal position or things just hit us the wrong way and we're not ready for it, it gets stuck. Okay. And that's why getting the body in the best position possible and breathing helps the body to rebound from shock and trauma. From shock and trauma. Yeah, because the body is like built to do these amazing things and perform at this amazing level. Yeah. And so another way that sometimes I think about what I'm doing, I'm just upgrading the, the individual's system. 
yeah, or, or the possibilities and it, exactly of healing. Because also, you know, the body can do these amazing things, which is one of them is heal its heal mm -hmm. on its own, mm -hmm. right? Totally. And but then you add in like a excuse me, you add in a like tailbone injury from when they were five years old, and so then there's a kink in the system of their pelvis, like the the end of their spinal cord, and how that can pull on their whole uh, spine, and how that can pull on the the dura mater, these like fascial surroundings for the brain, mm -hmm. and then you're in a suboptimal place at a very deep level structurally, and then you're having poor lymphatic flow and cranial sacral flow, and then you have more assaults more traumas and they just layer on and layer on and layer on and then the body at some point can't off gas or offshoot that stuff mm -hmm. so I, I think about that too that's why alignment for me is, is so first. important important mm -hmm. is getting things lined up and a lot of my teachers really just focus on okay well if the pelvis is open and balanced then the spinal then the, the spine's more open, etc. And the shoulders are in a better place, the rib cage is in a better place, and all these things. So, and I'd say that stuff came very clear to me over the last several years of how important it is to get the pelvis in a good position. Yeah. But then also the rib cage, which a lot of people don't think about. But the ribs are like the lattice work for the spine and structural support for the spine and the upper extremity. And through certain muscular connections, the hips. So it's all connected. It's all connected. And and what's nice is if you're treating the whole body every time, you're gonna get good results with the person, right? right? Like I, I try to make what I do. And the, the other part is, you know, I'm a very intuitive sensing person. Yeah. My, my, um, I wasn't, you know, I was like a, a special ed kid. In school like I didn't do well in school but also my my knowledge my my instinctive knowledge is very kinesthetic so right. I didn't get that nurture until after high school mm -hmm. and then I found it and I grabbed onto it and I got to expand on it mm -hmm. and so that's the other piece like I'm I've put a lot of work into what I do at many levels and luckily you know and it was a painful process before I figured this out but my knowledge base is very kinesthetic and my i'm very uh sensitive in tune, in, in tune. Yeah. i like that more thank you yeah i know i'll come in you're like hmm i sense something <laughs> yeah. and then i'm like how the hell yeah. you know but yeah it's i think it's a you know it's just growing into really accepting mm -hmm. that we have this capacity that we are these electromagnetic fields walking around and your energy helps my energy, you know, or sometimes you're in a place where you're like, I feel like shit. Well, that probably, ha you know, that energy is probably not good for you, whoever you're with. And you have a choice to leave, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? To say no. To, mm -hmm. But we're so used to just not listening mm -hmm. to our bodies. And so, Agreed. Um, okay, one more question. Give, give it to me. Um, do you think, like if someone has, like can't acupuncture heal, like, in the vertebrae some type of or help like when you have like lower back pain because the L5 and the L4 and people want to do surgery and it's like I don't want to do surgery but um, how would you how would acupuncture help um, so those bones get back in yeah, place yeah, yeah. So or can it my, I think it can I see it all the time um Another thing I like Asking to think about is when, <laughs> when classically wherever the pain is or where the symptoms are, that's not the root cause. Mm. So classically with a lot of people, L5S1 disc issues are extremely common, usually more on the right than the left. And it's usually because I'd say 80, 90, 90 maybe even 90% of the people that I see, they have a pelvic torsion, meaning their hips are rotated from left to right. Okay. And so not only are they rotated from left to right, they also have an anterior tilt. So if you thought about the pelvis as a bucket of water, tip, it's tipping forward. So as it's tipping forward, you're compressing those lower lumbar vertebras and the discs in the 
uh, between those vertebras. Mm. So you have a torsion, a rotation, plus a tilt, and you're going to get extreme compression into those discs. Okay. So um, I usually, when I'm working with people that are acute, subacute, or whatever, and needing surgery, is it always a fix? No, but I personally think it's important to exhaust all your options before you go do surgery. Yeah. I think surgery, I've seen surgery work miracles with people. And it's nice to, you know, we were giving this, we were giving these amazing bodies. We just need to get them in the best position possible. Yeah. And usually healing happens. And I see that in Chinese medicine stuff. I see that in the osteopathic stuff that I study. You know, you, you get the body into a best position. You get optimized blood flow, lymphatic flow, nerve conduction, as I said before. Yeah. And amazing shit happens. Yeah. So L5-S1, L4, L5, the disc issues, super common. From my perspective, the most important thing to do is check the person's pelvis. Yeah. And actually, the more I think about it, their respiration. Because there's a, you know, direct connection from pelvic diaphragm and respiratory diaphragm. And then something else I'd like to think about any kind of shock or trauma, be it like you find out the loss of a loved one, you find out you lost your job, or you got in a car accident, what do we do? Do we hold our breath or do we like, oh, I just had this traumatic experience. Yeah. What tends to happen is you hold and you hold. contract mm -hmm. and the body is brilliant and it's also stupid and it will hold the contraction years after the trauma, years and years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it did. Okay, and cool. so maybe because is this L5 this construct contraction con contraction contraction also cause like sciatic pain? It can. Yeah, mm -hmm. it can L5S1 I mean so the other thing I try to do and this is classic in Chinese medicine and and other forms of holistic medicine there are mirrors in the body right so the hand so the wrist could mirror the neck mm -hmm. the wrist could mirror the low back what i see a lot of times and i've probably even done this with you you've had like lower lumbar tension and then i needle the, the base of your neck and that lumbar tension Release. changes right away because it's a mirror like if i was to fold your spine in half which would hurt a lot and i would never <laughs> do that but if you could then okay. your pelvis is like the, your head. Uh -huh. And That's so true. you you match the vertebra up. So L5-S1 would be like C0, C1. Okay. So that's why the sciatica would be... So, thank you. Uh -huh. I got sidetracked here. So the sciatica, um, just from the torsion of the pelvis, and sciatica can be from low back. Sciatica can also be from the piriformis muscle, which is in the pelvis. Okay. And uh, the, the actual sciatic nerve, there's multiple ways. Sometimes it can go above the piriformis, so it's between the piriformis and the glutes. So if you're sitting all day, that'll get aggravated. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's uh, underneath the piriformis, and I don't see a, a lot of issues with people like that, but a, a lot of times the sciatic nerve will go through the piriformis. Mm -hmm. And when it's going through that and you're sitting on that and you're externally rotated, meaning you're... you're uh, your, your leg likes to like go to the right go outside um, that muscle contraction will press on press the on the nerve and it will hurt right but then I'd also say with the mirroring your piriformis muscle mirrors your masseter muscle which is your main chewing muscle and if you look at the the shape of it it's the same it looks the exact same as the piriformis so I've seen people with sciatica that have really bad jaw pain you release their masseter and their their jaw muscles and their sciatica goes away and the jaw pain could be rage anger totally grief, and absolutely yeah right. and then you think about channels and one of the other things i like to teach my students is um the the, the yin organs that hold the spiritual aspects of the body uh, or the emotions so liver holds anger mm -hmm. right well, people that have that sciatica that goes down the side of the leg, that, mm -hmm. the outside of the leg, that's your gallbladder mm -hmm. channel. Okay. And the yang channel pair, so, so 
gallbladder is paired with liver. Liver is yin, gallbladder is yang. The gallbladder channel will, will transfer stuck energy from its yin pair. I know that's a lot of information, but. No, it's great. So it will transfer that energy. My teacher would say heat, but I, I consider it just energy. Mm -hmm. Just like in Chinese medicine school, we learn all these patterns. I like the idea of there's either stagnation or there's flow. And it makes it so much easier, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you're either stagnant stuck, or, or things are, are moving. Mm -hmm. You're stuck or you're moving. Mm -hmm. And that can be, and you can be stuck in, in one area, and that'll affect a bunch of other, other areas. areas. But as far as sciatica goes, it can be lumbar, it can be pelvic, it can be emotional. Mm -hmm. What's the emotional part? <laughs> I mean, there's a, so I, I could go on on that, but let's just, Let's say that sciatica that goes down the outside of the leg could be associated with gallbladder liver, could be anger. anger. And then if it's on the back of the leg, that is uh, UB slash kidney and kidney associated with fear. Okay. And then there's other systems where it's like midday, midnight, it, it, can, it yeah. can get a little crazy, but trying to keep it as simple as possible. That's why I like palpating the abdomen mm -hmm. for the reflexes mm -hmm. and then I get to ask about self-love I get to which is a huge thing I, yeah. I get to ask about anger which is a huge thing I get to ask about grief I get to ask about overthinking anxiety mm -hmm. fear mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. all these things and just through questioning yeah. and not by saying because I don't like the lead I don't say wow you're feeling really angry right now <laughs> I hate when people do that to yeah, me yeah. it's like tell me about anger because yeah. I could be wrong and I've been wrong many times, but it's like, tell me about fear. Mm. It's, it's so much better to like, just tell me about and it. It's just so yeah, because like I'm just wondering, just wondering, you know, I, yeah. I'm, but when I hear, because I've, I've heard over the years with my interns, wow, are, are, are you dealing with anger right now? Even just asking mm -hmm. that way versus tell me about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine. It's so much okay. less intrusive. Right. The other one's like, "Tell me, are you angry right now?" No, fuck you. Right. <laughs> right. And and that's like like something else. Like I know that in my profession, and I've been guilty of this in the past. Like saying stuff like, "Wow, you must have a lot of anger right now," or something. Oh. And so that was my ego. So now, and I've learned mm -hmm. over doing this for a long time. Mm -hmm. Don't do that shit. Yeah, yeah. So now it's like, tell me about anger. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about sadness. Or sometimes their reflexes are totally clear and I just feel heavy on my heart. And I'm like, oh, how are you feeling in your heart space? Mm. How are you feeling, you know, how's your breathing been? Yeah. Or sometimes things, when I feel like it's the right question to ask, yeah. then I'll ask something where I'm like, why am I asking this? But it's like, Hey, what's going? And this is when I, when I sound weird to people, but it usually works eighty percent of the time. What's going on with your grandpa right now? And they're like, "What? Like, I don't know." Just probably asking. And then sometimes on that, I've been wrong, and they're like, "You're weird." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> wrong thought, grandpa." Yeah, wrong grandpa. That's my grandpa. Oh, okay. And but then discerning, right? Discerning, right. like, okay, is this my stuff or is this their stuff? Yeah. When I'm not, when I when I'm not sure, I usually don't ask. I'm like, it just feels like it's probably my stuff. I'm not going to ask. Yeah. But it's interesting you say that because, like, I would, my mom, when she was dying. Yeah. And she lived, like, probably five minutes away from here. But but you have to, I mean, she wasn't, like, right next to me. And I would wake up at 2 in the morning and feel, like, mm. this punching my stomach right here in the third track. Right now, like, oh. And then I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. And I wake up in the morning, walk over there, and the nurse would be like, yeah, your mom woke up at 2.22 in the morning, and she wouldn't go back to sleep. And that shit happened, like, on and off. And so I would feel, like, this connection. And even now, my dad's 87. He's going to be 88 in May. Wow. And I'll be walking around, doing whatever, and I feel a little bit dizzy. And I'm like, wait a minute. Wow. Is this the energy? I have all my energy friends that are like, oh, the earth is moving really fast, and the Schumann rests on us. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck it is, but I'm hydrated. I feel fine. Mm -hmm. What's going on? Feel your breath. Come home. My dad, you know, I felt really dizzy. Wow. I almost was going to faint. 
Well, and then this is the other part too. Like, like some some people that I work with, they get these amazing results, and and you've heard me say this too. Like, wow, your system's open. Mm. Like, I will have people that I haven't got my hands on yet. We haven't really talked. I haven't even shook their hands yet, but they come in my office, the front door, and I start getting like, like now it's kind of like a, a knowing of like, okay, there's some shit that's gonna happen. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I don't know what it is yet, but this is going to be a great session. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, let's go. And with you, when you first walked in, I'm like, oh, this is, oh, okay. It's on. Um, Shit's going to happen. <laughs> so She's I, got some shit Yeah, going. yeah, yeah. We all do, though. Yeah. But, but I like the idea Open. of, like, let's, let's, Ready. let's go. Like, why wait? Yeah, why wait? Let's go and, and try to make it, I don't want to say fun, because it's, like, trauma but we can also be like, hey, let's just let's go here. You're safe. And what you were talking about earlier about, you know, being in ceremony and fighting it. Right. Yeah. I think and this is just my perspective on it, that safety piece, you know, when you feel really safe, you're like, oh, I'm good. Oh, yeah. my God. I am terrified, but I'm good. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Yeah. It's like holding yeah, like yeah. the one-on-one psychedelic. And that's where the one-on-one. Yeah, right yeah. here. I'm right here. Yeah. I'm right here. I'm holding your hand. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Like I tell my four-year-old like every day, you know, daddy loves you. I don't say this to the clients, obviously, but I, hey, I got you and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I just remind them. And then sometimes I do have to go to the room, but I ask them like, hey, <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm feeling good. Okay. I'll be right outside. And if you need me, just holler. Yeah. It's still that idea of like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm here and that's so powerful because for a lot of us our parents however sweet they were they were on their own thing and we didn't get that much maybe not that much of like I'm right here I see you yeah. I'm gonna hold you nothing's gonna happen to you whatever you need I got you yeah yeah I mean they never told me that shit no they, well, but you they didn't know how to your head and da, da, da. yes you were taken care of but this safety love connection this attunement is but I so didn't, important to I didn't feel you yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I remember one of my teachers talking about, like when we get angry or frustrated with our partners or children or whatever, we may not even realize it, but we're like withholding love. Mm-hmm. Like we, we get angry and we still love our children or our friends right. or our partners, but we're just like, I got to get out of the room. Yeah. And in that moment that this connection happens and it's understandably why it happens, but also right catching it and being like oh i'm withholding love in this moment yeah i just just recently that clicked for me and i've heard my i'm just like oh my god like that is an actual thing where you to protect yourself and your feelings you go out of a, a room or you do something but you're withholding love from the person your kids or the person your partner, partner whatever yeah. yeah just recently i was like holy like i caught it and yeah. it's freaking great i'm like yeah. oh Gotcha. Yeah. There's that protection. Yeah. Right. I don't want to live in this cave. Yeah. I want to live open heart. Yeah. Strong back, good boundaries, but open heart. Yeah. I notice that too now. I'm like, uh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Is that from right now or is that from when I was four? <laughs> Probably that one. You know? Um, there was, there's this, this YouTube video, Dr. Lin. I, th- I think it's L-I-N. And, and he was a H- Hawaiian or is, I don't know if he's still alive actually, but he was a Hawaiian psychologist and his work is all about inner child work. Mm-hmm. And the the little bit of inner child work that I do when I'm not in treatment with people, providing that safe space, being, being the, the father figure, the dad, whatever, the safe masculine place. Mm-hmm. One of the things I have all my clients do, I think I even said this to you, was like, find a, find a picture of yourself as a little kid put it on your fridge mm-hmm. and just love that little kid like every day because they're in there and they're usually steering the fucking wheel. <laughs> All right. So Dr. Lynn on YouTube. So all of you listening, please check this out. Just look up Dr. Lynn YouTube. I'll put the link on the please, podcast. Please do. And, and he's got some great um, inner child guided meditations okay. and they're epic. And his story, I won't get into it, his story of what he was able to do with people is 
very, yeah, very, very powerful. Well, look them up. I'll put them on the notes. Please yeah. do. Yeah, it's so funny how in in that inner child work keeps expanding, right? Oh, I did inner child work ten years ago at some retreat. I did inner child work with my therapist, but every time it expands, it expands, it expands. You know, it's like layers. Yeah, layers. Exactly, they're layers. Yeah, yeah. I remember you told me that. Like, yeah, I hold my little girl here, and I tell her it's okay. I got you. And she wants to run the show, but it's like, no, it's okay. I got you. It's like learning how to discern who's who's trying to take over this who's trying to constrict my heart and have a tantrum and that's okay but like you know not being judgmental but being like redirecting it to i got you yeah oh it's five-year-old it's seven-year-old it's two-year-old it's and it just allows the navigating through life to be much more compassionate Mm. which is what we need Mm -hmm. we need self-compassion self-love and yeah Wow, this is so fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course, my pleasure. Thank you, Ryan Lee, everybody. Uh, I'll put all the notes and all this stuff here underneath. um, And this should be coming out here pretty soon. Please share and, yeah, let us know what you think. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. See you next time. Uh, Let's see. Where is is this thing? Here we go. (laughs)